Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is with Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Thursday, July 7, 2022. Italy's COVID-19 hospital admissions are 19% up in a week and the rise was the same for general wards and ICUs. Routine hospital admissions rise for the 22nd consecutive day. For the second day in a row, there were more than 100,000 new cases, and yesterday's number in the hi- is the highest in the past five months. The region with the highest number of cases today is Campania, followed by Lombardy, Lazio, Veneto and Emilia-Romagna. Italy is in the middle of another wave and officially more than 1 million people here have COVID-19 but some say that this number could be three times higher because of those who do not officially say they have the virus. Not only asymptomatic positives who are at home quarantining without saying it officially but also those who unknowingly are around. But everything is under control for now. Numbers are rising but for now the hospitals are still far from the level where we should start to worry again. In fact, this variant is also much less harmful than the initial one, and so the government is not thinking of any new restrictive measures, although it does recommend caution and using a mask on occasions of particular danger, which by now, after two, uh, uh, two and a half years of the virus, we are able to recognize. Turning to the other issues nagging Italians in these very difficult days, I try to go fast because these videos and audio podcasts are not and never will be bulletins filled only with bad news, even at times like this when more bad things are piling up. Inflation in June came in at 8% in Italy, never so high since 1986. What was the annual rise a year ago, 1.2%, is now recorded in the 30-day comparison alone with the month of May. Usually in these situations, Italians sacrifice some expenses and reduce their costs. And this is the case today as well. The fear of rising prices pushes the propensity to save, but this causes a reduction in the economy in general, because the export of made in Italy helps, but the crisis is everywhere, not just in Italy. Also contributing to the high prices in the energy sector is the drought. The shortage of water has a very heavy impact on the energy sector because Italy has hydroelectric plants that without river flow do not produce and thermoelectric plants that cannot be cooled because there is no water and they were built near the rivers exactly for this reason. After the Covid emergency, Italy so has returned to officially declare a new state of emergency, this time for much of the rain patched north amid a drought, freeing funds for the heavily agricultural regions. For now, emergency decrees were decided for five regions, Emilia-Romagna, Friuli-Venezia Giulia, Lombardy, Piedmont and Veneto, reflecting droughts in the Po River and Eastern Alpine basins, but the drought also has started to affect Central and South Italy. In Rome, the level of the Tiber River is so low that now the Romans can see the remains of a bridge, usually impossible to see because they are always submerged. A bridge reminiscent of the Roman Emperor Nero, who ruled the Eternal City in the 1st century between 54 and 68 AD. The third disturbing event that has worried the Italians in these days is last Sunday's disaster on the Marmolada Glacier between Veneto and Trentino to Adige, where an enormous piece of ice from the glacier the size of two soccer fields broke away and rolled down coming at a speed of 186 miles per hour, killing nine people whose bodies have been recovered, while the bodies of three other missing people are still being searched for. 
enough with the tragedy, tragedies that uh, I can assure are troubling very much the Italian population in these hot days. One good news is that in view of the crisis caused by Russia and the danger of stopping gas coming from there, which has already decreased by 55% anyway, production from Italian sources has increased by 30% compared to a year ago. There has also been a great increase in coming imports of gas from other countries' sources and also of liquefied gas for the processing of which Italy is rapidly gearing up. In addition, comparing to the Italian situation with that of other European countries, we now know that even with regard to gas storage in anticipation of the colder months, we are better off than others. Today we are at 60% and in winter storage will reach 90% of requirements. From 2023, the situation will stabilize thanks to the agreements signed by the Italian government. So from this point of view, the difficult period may perhaps be from October to Christmas this year 2022. Another good news comes from tourism. In many places we have already today reached the numbers of 2019, which was the boom year for tourism in Italy. So it is credible that at the end of the year, Italy as a whole will reach and exceed the 2019 numbers. And it's not just about uh, tourism in big cities or places that are already known. In Italy, in the third quarter of 2019, the four cities of Rome, Venice, Milan and Florence alone accounted for more than 26% of all trips booked through Airbnb. By contrast, in the third quarter of 2021, those same four cities accounting for less than 17% of trips. The regeneration of Italy's borghi, of the small towns scattered in every region, is moving forward thanks to three factors. The first is the more than a billion funds from the recovery plan. The second is the increasing number of digital nomads attracted to small towns to do smart working or relocate in search of simpler and less chaotic life with beautiful landscapes, nice people and fantastic food and wine. The third is the record collections of real estate crowdfunding dedicated to this market of small towns, which in 2021 raised 120 million euros for more than 270 funded projects and which makes investing in the revitalization of Italian municipalities of special culture and landscape interest increasingly attractive and profitable. Then again, both ecological sustainability and the revitalization of small towns go through the effective implementation of the European Recovery Plan. Italy has bet heavily on this with a 10-year plan for environmentally friendly infrastructure that would receive 220 billion euros from Europe and another, and another 80 billion euros will be allocated by the Italian government. <clears throat> it is a very ambitious plan that includes upgrading, renovating and interconnecting roads, highways, railways, parts, airports, bike paths, securing and strengthening the country's water infrastructure, especially in the south, and upgrading public housing and building. Among the new priority works for the south, the main one is the high-speed rail route from Salerno in Campania, where the high-speed train from northern Italy stops today, to Reggio Calabria in Calabria. Also of interest is the network of cycleways consisting of 16 routes covering about 50,000 miles all over Italy. As I always try to do, this video too ends with something nice for Italy, which this time is a celebration for a round-digit anniversary. These days mark the 40th anniversary of a sporting event that changed Italy and Italians, the victory of the national soccer team at the World Cup in Spain in 1982. It is impossible to recount here what it was like for people like me who were teenagers, but also for those who were older. 
Italy in 1982 was coming out of a very, very ugly period of, of economic crisis, terrorism and despair. Even in soccer there had been a scandal over some illegal betting that had led some players to fix matches with arrests at the end of the match, with policemen entering with their cars, the stadiums and handcuffing players while still wearing the uniform with t-shirts and shorts there on the soccer field on live television, a shocking and humiliating thing. The Italian national team was hated by everyone. That was when we understood that Italy was made by 60 million of national team coaches, everyone with their idea about who to select in the team and how to play. No one would have bet a hundred lire, because at that time in Italy there were lire and not euros, on our victory. And no one did. No one did. And instead, with a crescendo that seemed like that of an opera, Italy started badly but then overcame the first difficulties and then made history by beating in succession the two favorite national teams, Maradona's Argentina and the Brazilian team full of champions, ending with the victory on July 11, 1982 against Germany. Without President of the Republic Sandro Bertini standing up and celebrating in the grandstand at the age of 86, and then iconic photo of the return trip as champions on the plane with President Sandro Bertini, coach Enzo Berzot, captain Dino Zoff and veteran midfielder Franco Gausio playing cards for the World Cup as if they were four friends in a bar in a small provincial Italian town. That is an iconic photo. Those who did not experience it cannot fully understand that uh, what that victory meant for Italians. An unexpected redemption, an incredible pride, a renewed joy of celebrating the country and the tricolor flag after a devastating decade. All of Italy celebrated, indeed all Italy's celebrated, both the one within the borders of the boot and those scattered around the world populated by our emigrants. Today we celebrate four years since that incredible moment, much, much, much more than just a sports victory. It's all for now, it's all for today. My name is Umberto Mucci. Please once again protect yourselves. This was We the Italian News. I'll see you next Thursday. Ciao from Rome.